to the Simplify MuseCast. I'm Farah. I'm here today with Jill. Hello, everyone. And Suji. Hi, everyone. And this week, we're talking about homeschooling middle school. Uh, I wanted to start off by uh, saying something that I say all the time to people that I know, which is that if you are going to homeschool any period of your child's schooling, make it middle school. And I really do think that middle school can be so bad for kids uh, for so many reasons that this is the time to do it. Uh, And I'm saying this as a former middle school teacher. I know that's a pretty strong opinion, uh, but I'm aware of a lot of studies where uh, they take the same kids from uh, one population, the same neighborhoods, the same socioeconomic groups, and they put them into two different types of schools, uh, elementary schools that go all the way through eighth grade versus middle schools. And the kids in middle school, their test scores flatline. Sometimes they even dip. Uh, And this is just because you put that many kids in this particular time of life (laughs) into one building together, and it's not really good for them. We know that there are a lot more bullying problems at this age in middle schools. And another issue is homework. Uh, We know that uh, homework, the amount of homework, has gone up in the last couple of decades. And uh, studies have shown that Uh, up to an hour of homework does have a moderate benefit for grades and test scores for middle schoolers. But when you get beyond that, that benefit disappears. And a lot of estimates show that middle schoolers are doing a lot more than an hour a night. Sometimes some studies even show three and a half to four hours of homework a night in middle school. And that's just not good for kids at this age. It's a hard time of life. And when you put it all together, it just seems obvious to me, this is the time to do it. This is the time to middle school, uh, to homeschool. It's during middle school. But of course, we all know it is a tough time for kids. Uh, so my first question is, you know, how do you deal with that uh, early puberty time period when kids can be more spacey and uh, more grouchy? Jill? Um, for me... I always uh, made a conscious effort to put the relationship first. So everything comes second after that. And so if you um, think about it that way, if you frame it that way, you do a lot, I think you have a lot more patience for your kid, you have a lot more empathy for your kid, and you can get through your days a lot easier. So my biggest advice would actually be to put the relationship first and let everything you know, come second, or not at all, quite honestly. Yeah, I had to, as my kids got to this stage, I had taught a lot of kids this age, but having them at home, I had to learn uh, all kinds of things about, you know, let them sleep if they are sleeping, that their sleep schedules are going to change dramatically at this age. I had to learn to keep more snacks on hand, and if they were being grouchy, to be like, here, have some protein. (laughs) Um, You know, these things like that, that uh, it just is tough. They're experiencing all this brain growth. Um, and, and I often talk to my kids about that and to let them know, you know, I know that you are also feeling grouchier and 
more mercurial and more moody than you felt in the past. Yeah. And I, to let them know that's normal. Yeah, I think you need to have a lot of discussions with them at this age, you know, and tell them what's going on and be like, you know, if you're having a bad day, tell me if you're feeling hungry, let's eat. If you want to go out, let's go out. You know, let's let's make sure we're taking care of all your needs first. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually had a series of questions I would ask my kid when, you know, I saw that crankiness come up. So the first thing was, did you sleep well last night? Um, are you feeling hungry right now? Yeah. You know, would you like a snack? You know, shall we go for a walk? Um, just pulling my kid out of the whole academic environment, I think helped a lot. You know, and then focusing on the kid as a person, you know, yeah. who's going through all this growing up and the hormonal development. Um, I, I, I honestly didn't even think about academics as much in the middle school years. We unschooled a lot because that really helped, like what Jill was saying with the relationship, you know, and just taking that expectation out of the equation helped us to focus on the other things that were going on, the emotional development, the hormones, the, you know, sudden growth spurts with puberty and just needing more sleep altogether. Yeah, we, uh, we've become much more child-led in the middle school years, and that's been, uh, I think, a, a really positive thing um, to, to give them some independence and more power over their education, uh, to give them a greater say. And I think a lot of families at this age kind of freak out a little bit about the academic piece because they see... Uh, what's going on in middle schools, their local middle school, and it looks so academic, and they think they need to replicate that. And I think that there's, you know, that's really, there's a lot of false rigor happening in a lot of middle schools, you know, where kids are, you know, being crammed with so many books, but without a chance to talk about them. And, you know, math that where they're just being taught these algorithms and they're not really understanding necessarily. And it's also detrimental to their sense of, you know, academics and school in general. Yeah. Um, So I was going to say that actually in seventh grade, my daughter applied to the local um, school of the arts and she got in and she went for a year and a couple months And, you know, the academics were supposed to be amazing. And it really was just so much busy work and so much busy work that she couldn't even come up for breath. You know, it's just constantly, let's do all this homework, all this homework. Plus she was doing her artwork on top of that. So her days were incredibly long. She was incredibly grouchy and she just wanted to come home just to take a breather, even though she enjoyed the art side of it. It was just way too much, way too much. Yeah. And she didn't learn anything. She really didn't. Yeah, I hear a lot of sad stories about friends whose kids, you know, they have all this homework. Then, you know, my friends are picking them up after school and the kids are actually taking that time in the car to sleep. And then they reach home and then my friend has to like wake up her son and then say, hey, you have to eat and do your homework. So the son is like falling asleep while he's eating and then trying to stay awake do his homework then he actually goes to sleep and then my friend has to wake him up again at 10 30 at night to finish his homework you know it just breaks my heart that they have to do this at the ages of 12 13 when they're just growing it just feels really sad 
Yeah. Yeah, they're really young. They're still kids. They're young, you know, and in a school environment, they're not having all their needs met. My daughter was lucky. We were part of a carpool, and the mom who picked her up every day actually made these homemade snacks and brought them in the car. And so the kids got in the car, and they would chow down on really good food. It was really good power food. So at least she came home, you know, satisfied with her hunger and could work. But, I mean, there's so many kids that are just so stressed. It's too much stress, and it's too young. And what is that stress doing to their developing brains, you know? I, I don't think it's good. I really don't. No, I agree. It's it's so bad. And, you know, you see these things about how anxiety among younger and younger kids is becoming a bigger and bigger problem. I, I think that, you know, the way that we do school is a big part of that. And especially at this age where suddenly they're being pushed to do, and it's not about, it's really, it's not about, the level of thinking and work because this is you know in classical terms it's the logic stage it's the and they are ready to do a lot more deep thinking i mean that's part of what makes them fun to homeschool at this age they do get more argumentative so that's a really good time to have debates right (laughs) yeah but that's part of the that's part of the fun is getting them to engage with that stuff, but it doesn't have to be with all this busy work and so much reading that they can't really accomplish. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be much more targeted and much more sort of passion-driven and child-driven, especially because it doesn't count yet. It's okay for them to sort of play around and figure out what they like and how they like to learn at this age because you don't have to worry about high school credits yet. Of course, and I I think it's a bit of a contradiction what they're going through because a part of them is so eager to debate, so eager to discuss and basically refute everything the parent is saying, but the other part of them is still a young child and they need a lot of scaffolding and that's something I noticed a lot when my kid was going through this was that, you know, um, my kid is relatively mature for age and I didn't have a lot of pushback, but all those skills that I thought, you know, had developed at ages 10, 11, I noticed this huge regression, like almost as if mentally, you know, you know, these kids like are they're taking, like, mentally checked out. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like they're taking and that's, three or that's four the steps brain growth. Back. Exactly, right? So they need to so I guess while all those all that pruning is happening up there, you know, a lot of other things are actually maybe shutting down. And it was very interesting that I noticed at that age was when I had to invest in a lot more post-its because, you know, we were putting post-its <laughs> up everywhere and we were putting like checklists up everywhere. Uh, we had this much bigger fridge calendar going up on my fridge just so that we could check off things. It was just creating all these tools to support that growth. And I'm glad we unschooled because that gave us time to do the support part of it without worrying about the academics so much. Yeah, I, I think that this is an age where you need a lot more focus on those uh, those sorts of tricks for organization and uh, just those kinds of things. Do, do either of you have any other tips for that other than the post-it notes? We you know, using... oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, go. Jill. Go ahead. I was going to say, we, you know, I'm actually the type of parent who doesn't do that too much. <laughs> so that I probably wasn't the best role model for that. My daughter did keep a little daily journal and like her daily homework and stuff. But 
Um, mostly we didn't do much. I feel really bad saying that. But the one thing my kids did that, that they wanted to do was take a few online classes and they found classes that were real meaningful to them and, and it was something they wanted to do. And they only did a few in the middle school years, but it kind of kept them, it taught them how to stay organized. It taught them how to get ready for the next class. There was a few assignments. It wasn't that stressful. It wasn't stressful at all, actually. But it was really good because they were still interacting with other kids because they were online live classes. So they felt they were still being a little social. And it, you know, it taught them how to keep their, do their homework and stuff. But it was just a few, which is so good with homeschooling because you could do one or two things in middle school. You're still going to be fine by the time you get to high school. Oh, and they're still going to have time yeah. for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I think one of the challenges I've seen a lot with kids this age is how to help them feel like what they're doing is meaningful and important. Uh, they, they often have these big, big dreams and they have them even when they're younger. I want to start a business. I want to put on a play. I want to, you know, do this big thing. And I want to tell fortunes and have people pay me. That was my daughter. (laughs) Oh, Oh, nice. Yeah, totally. And it's, you know, I feel like when they're, when they're eight, sort of playing it is enough. Yeah. And when they're 12, suddenly it's not real enough. Mm-hmm. And they want it to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. They want it to be, you know, a real thing really working. And I, uh, volunteer work has helped for us. You know, it's a real thing. You go out, you help people, you feel engaged. Um, and, and being part of various contests, my kids do Destination Imagination, and that's been a big thing for them. They feel like they're really fulfilling this particular thing they get to go to a tournament they face off against other kids do either of you have any other thoughts about how do you make things meaningful for kids at this age i would say that um we decided to outsource some of our courses at this age because it felt as if um, my child wanted to preserve the mom child relationship more than the whole homeschool teacher student relationship so but my child was very eager to work hard for someone else outside of you know the home so um i i still call that unschooling because that was actually initiated by my child my child said i want to do this with this teacher um outside of home so like okay and i noticed that my child would actually work hard for the teacher because it felt very meaningful, very purposeful. And the teacher was able to take all these bunny trails that my child wanted to take that I was too worried about because of things like gaps. Um, That worked out for us really well. Yeah, uh, I was thinking of an example. My youngest son loved to make movies at that age. He liked to make movies in elementary school too, but he didn't care who saw them. And all of a sudden in middle school, he wanted people to view them. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, it's it, a, because it's get older. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's hard to find an audience sometimes. But he ended up uh, sharing it with family and friends and stuff, and getting feedback that was more meaningful to him than just doing it. You know, yeah. And then he started to get people to be in them. And when he was in elementary, he would start in all the parts himself, and he was very very <laughs> proud of that. That's hilarious. So as he got older, he started wanting, you know, one person would come in and then he's like, oh, maybe I should bring some more people in. You know, it just changes. They change and what they want to do changes. And you just got to help them as best you can, you know, find meaning where you can. Yeah. 
my my twins were in a really great homeschool group at that age and i think it was for gifted kids and it was a bunch of kids who were just like them um and i think that really helped too so it just depends on your child my youngest doesn't want to be part of a group so he does things differently yeah yeah i like how so any mm -hmm. go ahead any final advice for that for working with middle schoolers having middle schoolers at home I almost feel like, you know, you have a little adult at home, but they're not adults yet. So I think just honor who they are. Um, remember that they're trying to behave like they're 20 years old, but they're still 12, you know, or 13, and they have so much growing to do. Um, like what Jill said in the beginning, have a lot of empathy for that and maybe try to remember what you were like as a 12 year old or 13 year old. Yeah, I would say, right. um, you know, don't read what other parents are doing in their homeschool, especially if it's highly academic, because that'll stress you out. Um, <laughs> it really will, you know, and yeah. they'll be like, oh, but this is the time you prepare for high school. And it's like, no, they'll learn how to do high school when they're in high school. Yeah. You don't have to spend right. three years preparing for high school work. You literally can drop a kid in ninth grade English and they're going to be okay. You literally can start in Algebra 1 and they'll be okay. You know, you, you just yeah. let it go. Don't worry about if they're at level three in Latin, you know, start a language in high school, <laughs> you know, and then just like I said before, put the relationship first. Let, you know, if they make you angry, walk away for a bit. You know, you don't want to get in fights with them. I, I try not to fight at all. You know, one time my daughter in the middle of a restaurant got really angry at me. I mean, so angry, and, and she slammed the table really hard, and everyone was staring at us. And I just made a joke. I just made a joke because, you know, it was just a moment. I don't know why she was like that, and she was embarrassed afterwards. But, you know, just, just make jokes. Kids yeah, this age are so much fun. They're, they're, they're humorous. They really are. Just have fun with them. That's my advice. That's true. We did a lot of yeah. old movies at that age. A lot of yeah. old movies. I Love Lucy, you know, so much of, you know, <laughs> you know, imitating Lucy's voice, you know, yeah. just to yeah. make my kid laugh. And and just, just carrying on what uh, Jill said about don't worry about doing high school work now is number one, colleges are not going to look at that anyway. You know, they're right. going to look at the four years of high school, not what you did in seventh and eighth, not so much. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to say was every single high school textbook starts with review. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't start with They all start, they all start from on, yeah. the very beginning. They don't assume exactly. that you know anything. Exactly. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So why would you have your kid do all of that and then repeat all of that again? That would just, you know... It would frustrate. Yeah, right. It's frustrating, and it's it'll frustrating. drive them nuts. It's boring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's just really you have to appreciate this moment when they they are you know they are just complete contradictions. I mean, that they want to you know hug you and snuggle like little kids and be read to one minute, yeah. and then the next minute yeah. they have their first crush or they want to you know go out and you know, do this thing on their own, by themselves, out in the world. <laughs> and it is just this sort of back and forth swing. But they also are having these big, deep thoughts for the first time in this new way. And they can actually bring projects to fruition that look good and impressive, I, you know, for the first time. Not just in a, oh, a little kid did that, that's adorable. Yeah. But like, wow, 
that's actually you know really good art really good writing really good worthwhile stuff and i you know i think it's really about appreciating that and trying to trying to be in the moment with that yeah appreciate the humans you have and and remember they're going to be adults within a few years and you want to have a good relationship with them for Mm -hmm. the rest of their life so don't mess it up at this stage you know my last few words would be respect them and go out for ice cream together we did a lot of ice cream (laughs) that is a good place to end with ice cream thank you guys and thank you for listening The MuseCast is brought to you by Simplify Homeschool and College Counseling. Visit us at our website, www.simplifyforyou.com. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-F-Y, and then the number 4, Y-O-U. Our intro and outro music was composed by Decca Harper. You can find his music on Bandcamp. Production assistance from Trufo Harper. Uh, Join us next time when we will be introducing our new consultant. Thank you, guys.